0: Welcome, you're listening to a members-only broadcast brought to you by Barnabas Foundation. To learn more about the variety of resources, tools, and training available to you, log into the Member Center at www.barnabasfoundation.org.
1: Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us. My name is Kurt Nola, Director of Member Relations here at Barnabas Foundation, and joining me today for this month's member live is Steve Rotier, our Director of Client Services. I get that, right?
0: that'd be correct. Excellent.
1: Thanks for coming on board today. So this month's member live is all about our referral process. So we're going to dive in and talk about what that process looks like. It's a common question that I get from a number of our members over time. And so we'll talk about that here in quite detail and feel free to ask questions, which reminds me of a few just quick opening uh, uh, remarks that we have. Um, If you do have a question throughout today's broadcast, feel free to type it into the Q&A section at the bottom of your Zoom screen. It'll pop up here and we'll address those questions as we're able to throughout today's conversation today's conversation would last 20, 25 minutes usually, um, and they are recorded. And so usually by Monday of next week, we will have the recording available in the member center. So if there's someone else on your team or at your organization that would benefit from watching today's discussion, feel free to share that with them. A link to that recording will also be included in next month's monthly update newsletter, which you'll be receiving, um, I believe it's this first Tuesday in the month or something. I really should know these things better than uh, I do. You know, We just get, got too get, much going on. But anyway, sorry. so today's topic is all about the referral process. So when you as an organization are engaging with a donor and they say, I am interested in talking to someone about, leaving a legacy gift, or perhaps they are thinking about that change in, or that transactional period in their life where they're divesting an asset and they want to make a gift to you, um, and you get them interested in talking to one of our planners, what does that process really look like? So Steve, you know, let's talk first about um, who qualifies as someone to be a referral to the organization.
0: So Kurt, thanks for having me. So we know that uh, not every one of your supporters uh, need us, and we understand that. However, uh, every one of your loyal supporters, uh, they're going to have circumstances or seasons in their life uh, where a planned gift mm-hmm. or uh, could be a good solution for them. Uh, maybe it's time to sell an asset. Maybe it's time for wanting to make a final distribution from an estate. Uh, or they're going through a life transition. Things like that. Those uh, supporters, we'd love to help. And we'd love for you to uh, help send them our direction so that we can help them through those transitions, through those sales.
1: Yeah. And the graphic that we have up is kind of some of those key characteristics that we share. And we talk about a lot in boot camp, which ironically, we have a boot camp going on here tomorrow at our office tomorrow. Um, And for those who are not attending tomorrow, there will be another boot camp in September, which I will touch on a little later on today in the broadcast about when uh, when that will happen. But in our boot camp, we talk pretty extensively about who your prospects really are, what those characteristics look like of those people who typically make gifts in a will, those people that have the ability to make asset-based gifts, or those people that perhaps have a need for a life income style gift and want to make that deferred gift to your ministry. Um, And so just for those of you who have... Attended boot camp in the past, we always re- encourage you to go back to those slides that we share during boot camp. And if you haven't, make sure you're paying attention to our schedule of when our next boot camps are available. Um, and if you need some one on one coaching, feel free to reach out. I mean, we're here to be a service to all of our members and, and help remind them. But ideally, generally speaking, when you're look- looking for those characteristics, you're looking for your longer term supporters, those folks that have been loyal, continuous givers to your ministry, um, would love to be able to do more and, and support you in different ways. And for those for the asset based side of things, it's often folks that are they they reference the fact that they do have assets, whether it be businesses, real estate investments, um, perhaps it's farmers, uh, vacation homes, things things like like that. that. All those things have to be divested at some point in time during their lifetime. Either they're going to pass it on to their heirs, which is perfectly acceptable, or they're going to think about selling it at some point. And we want to help be part of that conversation when they're thinking about those events, those life events, those life changes to help them think about how stewardship fits into this and how they can help their favorite charities, you all, um, with with support uh, that goes beyond what they typically have been supporting in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of our our, our, our development officers, the development officers at member ministries are sitting down, they're engaging with donors, they're asking these questions, mm-hmm. and someone says, hey, I'm interested. I want to talk to one of the planners at Barnabas. Mm-hmm. Um, how do they let us know? What should they do?
0: So, yeah, the reality is... You're welcome to uh, reach out to our planners directly. It's not that you can't. We would, you know, if that is, if you have a relationship with one of our planners and it's someone that you uh, would would want to inform our planner directly of, you're welcome to. However, uh, we also reality is we prefer that we go through our planning team here in the office. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether that is to call of the office or to email us, uh, and that email is planning at barnabasfoundation.org. And if you email us um, and you uh, or, or phone call to our, our planning team that allows us then to put them uh, to to start our process yeah. and how we operate here uh and collecting information uh and 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 so on from there so once we receive that, uh, notification from you uh that you're asking hey would you would you engage with this supporter of ours which is this referral and you've called us or you've emailed us uh, you know our first step we're going be we're going to reach out to them uh we're going to Get some intake information from them. We're going to uh, get their name and, and oh, I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. A little bit no, that's that's gonna, quick. That's Go right. ahead and continue. So if you call us or you're or you're sending us an email, uh, what information do you provide us? Sir, mm-hmm. Is what I want to ask, and, and and that information just helps us just get some overall uh, contact info for them. So we're going to ask for their name. We're going to ask for their their home address. We're going to ask for an email address or a phone number. Provide us with those and more is always better. Mm -hmm. So if we can get an email and a phone, that's wonderful. Uh, Because as you'll know, as we speak here in a little bit, you know, our attempts, it allows us uh, to reach them and to try to attempt to connect with them in multiple different, in a few different ways.
1: Yep. And we, we strongly encourage you to always ask permission from the donor to may I share your information with Barnabas foundation so that they can contact you. The reason why we say that is because that allows us to be very proactive now in the next step. We're going to reach out and we're going to talk about that step in just a second. But it takes the onus off the donor and trying to make contact with us because we all know how folks are. We tend to procrastinate things, right? And so if you just provide our information to a donor, they're going to go home, they're going to put it on the counter, they're going to put it on the desk, they're going to get busy with life, they're going to do other things. And all of a sudden it's off the back of their mind and they're not really thinking about making that connection. Perhaps it's four or five, six months before you talk to them again and they say, hey, did you talk to Barnabas? Oh, no, I forgot all about it. By providing us with that contact information, if you get their permission to have us contact them, it allows us to keep this process moving along. And so with that, Steve, you know, we, we kind of hinted to this a little bit, you know, so they send in that information to us. What do we do with it? How do we now get in contact with that supporter?
0: Yeah, so, so if you've provided us this information, we have, we're gonna do uh, three, up to three attempts. We're gonna try to connect um, with this supporter of yours. Uh, that you're asking us to engage with. So within 48 hours, uh, we will do our best to to call and or email uh, this supporter. If we do not hear back from them, uh, if we're not able to connect with them, we're going to leave voicemail Mm -hmm. and we're going to try again in another three days. Again, if we're not able to connect uh, or or speak with them or email response from them, we'll try again in three days. Uh, Quite often, we hope it doesn't get to that point. Most often it doesn't. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then At this point, if we're still not able to connect, if we haven't been able to connect, we've just been missing, we've been missing each other with your supporter, we haven't heard back from them. If two weeks is to go by, we're going to let you, we're going to let you know. We're going to reach back out to you as the member, and we, because we want, we know you have a relationship with this supporter, and we just want to let you know so that you can encourage them. We still want to help them. We still want to meet with them, Uh, but maybe it just needs a little more, an an additional nudge from you uh, with the relationship with your supporter. Uh, to have them reach back out to us mm-hmm. or let us know. We'll reach back out to them even. Absolutely. Uh, for sure.
1: No, and sometimes it does take that encouraging nudge from Thank the fundraiser. Um, all of a sudden this foreign third party, even though they've talked to the donor about us, suddenly mm-hmm. we reach out. It can be for some, it's a little concerning and or scary. the third party is reaching out to them, but, don't be afraid too about encouraging or asking for from us, a perhaps a warm handoff style meeting where we do a joint call with a particular donor, have you on the call with the donor along with our planner, our planning assistant, and starting that conversation. Sometimes that warm handoff makes it a little easier, that transition mm-hmm. um, to just to have that and then allows our process to kind of continue outside of that.
0: You know, to speak of that just quickly, though, is, this, mm-hmm. is speaking with the uh, with the planning team, the assistants here in the office and talking with them more often than not the supporter is expecting our call. Yeah. They may not understand all of exactly what it is that Barnabas does, which we're happy to to inform your supporter and and fill that in for them, but more often than not they're expecting the call, which is wonderful, which yep. makes it easy for us to reach out and have that community that conversation with mm-hmm. them.
1: So, you make the contact, you get someone on the phone, one of these supporters that have been a near and dear supporter for our well, member ministries, it's their cherished asset, right? Absolutely. What are we talking about
0: with them? So, our initial phone call with them We're we're trying to just understand who it is that they are, so we're going to be asking uh, high level questions just for information, just to gather some information about them and their life, which is their date of birth, uh, their current whether or not they have a current will or a trust, uh, a family size. What is their family? Do they have children, Uh, spouse? Uh, We're going to ask a generalized question of the size of the estate. Just kind of helps all these things help us prepare for our for a meet, help the planners prepare for a meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then lastly, just, what is the type of gifts that they're considering? W- what is it that they're thinking about doing? Um, this just allows us to, to just, again, high level information, um, just to understand who they are, what their intent is, what they're hoping to do. Um, and lastly, we, we will also just kind of ask about their time frame. Is there any urgency to what we're doing? Sometimes mm-hmm. they're going on a trip in a month and they want this buttoned up. They want an estate plan wrapped up quick. We've had those come our way. Yes. So we know we need to have put a little uh, effort and get this time moving quick, but we're going to ask about a time frame so that we can work with them. Mm-hmm.
1: So. We've had those time frames too come up with people who just, uh, they'll call us in a moment of crisis because they've just gotten a terrible diagnosis of, of uh, you know, life-threatening illness, disease, cancer, things like that. And they find themselves suddenly with that, like, oh my word, my stuff is not taken care of. I need some immediate help. And sure. Um, we're happy to step into those roles and help as much as we can. Absolutely. So at the end of the conversation, we send them something, don't we, for them to take a look at and start to gather the information sure. they need?
0: Yeah, so in that initial conversation we're going to have, we're going to collect that uh, information, those information pieces that I just spoke of, and then at, at the end, we're going to we're going to do our best to try to schedule a meeting, even while, while we have them on the phone, mm-hmm. if, if they're willing, depending on again, time frame is going to be important there. We're going to do our best to schedule a, a meeting, and we're also going to send them a worksheet. And uh, quite honestly, the worksheet's pretty intensive. Uh, it, it is a lot of information, uh, but it's all the information about them, about about their life, who they are, and we'd we uh, the the more information that we can that we can gather from them, the better, uh, and then the and the more information they can provide, the better the planner can be prepared for the meeting itself. However, uh, of course, we do our best. Like we send that worksheet, we don't require that it. Uh, be sent back uh, before the meeting um, because we know and we offer that to them when we speak to them to just answer as much as they're comfortable completing of the worksheet because it's intense yep but the more the better that Sorry.
1: is that it is we're going to talk about that continue in just a second uh, rich i noticed you raised your hand on the screen i'm not sure if that was just a misclick or something or if you do have a question please put it in the q a section there at the bottom of the screen um, you should see a little type thing that you can type on um, at the bottom of your Zoom controls, it says question, Q&A or question answer. That'll come up on our screen. We'll be happy to take your question um, uh, once you send that in. And coming back to that worksheet though, it's a, it's an awesome tool to get people organized for planning meeting, especially when thinking about our state planning side of things. Do we have to have that, you know, return to us before meeting and take place?
0: So again, that that's, it's not that it's required that it be returned before the meeting. Um, speaking with the assistants, again, More often than not, we actually get them back before the meeting uh, and and we're able to send that to the planner uh, and allows them to prepare for that meeting. Um, Again, even in the worksheet, the pages that it is, uh, it speaks right to you to say, fill out what you're comfortable filling out now ahead of the meeting. Mm -hmm. Sometimes maybe we get get partial worksheet filled out and then some of it is left that they'd like to complete with the planner in the conversation. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. But more often than not, we actually we were able to re- get them returned to us and uh, get them to the planner ahead of the meeting for sure.
1: Excellent. So. so we get that information back. We get a meeting scheduled. And I know one of the questions we get all the time is what happens during that planners meeting. And you may be thinking that right now. And what I would encourage you to do is in the member center, the BarnabasFoundation.org member center, there's actually a recording of a prior uh, yep. Zoom session we had that I did um, about what happens in a planner's meeting. And so I'd encourage you to go back and watch that particular thing. We don't have time today to actually go through all of that. Uh, but the planner is going to sit down with those folks. And, and in summary, they're going to they're, help them think through what it is the Lord's blessed them with. Talk through those challenging questions about what is it I have in my life that I need to be thinking about Um, what do I want to do with these assets I've been blessed with? Because the state plan is your final act of stewardship in in many ways, right? Um, If you don't have a plan for it, the state has a plan for it, and you may not necessarily like that plan. Um, But ultimately, the Lord's called us to do this and called to be a good steward of it both during our lifetime, and that means right up to the very end of our lifetime. And so having this document in place um, was very helpful. In addition to, oftentimes, these meetings yield conversations about, um, I'm thinking about, selling the rental property the vacation home or how should i be giving more tax efficiently so on and so forth and that allows the planners to kind of move into those conversations about where current life opportunities may lie in addition to thinking about their estate planning and how quite honestly they can support your ministry in that conversation sure so you know we do all that stuff and then what's the result of that we we gather this information on the worksheet we go and have this meeting and then what? What do we send them back?
0: So after the meeting, uh, the, the, the planner that you met with is going to put together and, and complete um, a guide portion, of, which is the additional information. And then he's what we're going to be sending you back as uh, your supporter back, I should say, is a blueprint. And, and it's a blueprint, and it's going to cover uh, all that you spoke of, Kurt, that what happens in the meeting. It's all going to be now written out, and it's going to be laid out uh, in front of uh, your supporter in an organized manner, speaking, you know, it's going to have, it's going to talk about the people in your plan. It's going to talk about the priorities, your priorities in life, what your priorities have been. It's going to talk about your current plan. If you have one, if they have one, it's going to talk about the recommended plan uh, that the the planner is, is talking, has to- spoke with your supporter about, and is, is going to be the best uh, tool for them uh, with their estate plan. And then it's, it, and it's also going to talk about the participants, the, the, who's, who is it that you trust uh, that you want listed and named after, uh, once the Lord has called you home, uh, your, your supporter to call home to say, this is who I want to execute mm-hmm. uh, my will, or this is who I want uh, to oversee our trust uh, mm-hmm. after we've passed. Mm-hmm. So it's going it, it, and, to, and then lastly, if your supporter were to choose to use Barnabas Foundation as a flow through for their charitable giving, uh, we're also going to provide uh, language there that is able to be given right to uh, their lawyer uh, that they meet with mm-hmm. and put right into, the, into their documents, into mm-hmm. their trust documents.
1: Excellent. Great reminder to that very last point. While our planning team are all estate planners, they are not the donor's actual lawyer. And so we are not a law firm. We don't practice the act of law. We don't write final documents. Our role in this with donors is to help them think through all the complicated questions of life to answer those cha- help them answer those challenging questions about how much is enough to my give to my children? How much should I be thinking about giving to charity? What's the best way for me to make these gifts? Um, as well as some of the other sticky things that come up in all kinds of every situation. And I reference my own all the time. I've mentioned this before in other meetings. I am divorced and remarried. So is my wife. We have eight children between the two of us, two different divorce agreements. There's a lot of complications there that we are working through as we design our estate plan. And these are all those ancillary things that come about. So our planners are here to help facilitate that conversation in a neutral environment without an ask going on, without a presumption of any sort of selling them anything or charging them for anything. So we can be that neutral advisor at the table, just helping them wrestle through what it is that they have, what their life looks like. And ultimately, how can they develop a plan that, as we say in our, our elevator pitch, honors God, provides for their family and their favorite charities. That's our ultimate goal is what we're trying to do. But in that action, we're not acting as their final attorneys. We will design, as you mentioned, that blueprint, that plan that someone can take that into an attorney and have their final documents actually drafted. Um, and oftentimes, those attorneys call us for reference. And I know our attorneys engage with their attorneys all the time and, and clarify and, and work through what the issues there might be. Um, but thanks for that, Steve. Mm-hmm. And I know we have a couple of topics we're going to touch on. We've had a couple of questions pop in, and I had one question come yesterday as well. Um, so Ann asks about what if it happens if a donor's assets in a state situation doesn't meet our criteria. We make sure that you understand this completely. Any supporter of your ministry is eligible to talk to Barnabas Foundation. The ultimate disposition and how we end up serving that donor may be different for each particular situation. Some situations may steer have us steer them to third-party resources that would help them get their, their uh, will or trust done very quickly and efficiently because that's all that their estate requires. GIFWISE is our partner in that sure. particular uh, process. Um, easy online tool, quick and simple estate plan done. For, for some families, that's all that they need. If it requires a Zoom meeting with us and the donor, we're going to do that. If it requires a face-to-face meeting, we're right. going to try to accommodate that so as we've said before, any supporter that works, that is an active supporter of your ministry, is eligible to engage with one of our planners. And ultimately, through that initial intake, we're going to figure out part of that intake process is figuring out how best do we serve this particular donor and their needs. Correct. Right. And
0: it, it, yep. That would be absolutely true. So I would thank clarifying that because mm-hmm. it is every supporter. We, you know, we we can help. It's just how we help them yeah. and what is the level of complexity that is you know what is necessary to help them establish an estate plan. Yep. So. For sure.
1: Uh, Rich, you ask a great question here about how do you handle a donor that keeps saying they're interested, but keeps putting you off. Um, You have to just keep keep shepherding that donor, quite honestly. If it's a donor that's in your quote unquote target audience that you believe uh, an estate gift or an asset based gift would be worthwhile, um, continually asking, constantly following up, even if it takes you two, three, five more years. Um, Jim Bakke tells a story often about his time at World Vision of a donor who was a major supporter of, of the ministry. And one of their major gift officers was constantly engaging this particular individual about making sure he got his estate plan kind of buttoned up. And because he had intentions to include World Vision in, in his estate plan. And he kept kind of brushing off, brushing off, brushing off until one day, as Jim talks about in boot camp, if he hope maybe he'll tell the story tomorrow for anybody who might be here tomorrow. How one day that particular gentleman had an accident where his car went off the road and down a 60 foot embankment and he found himself sitting there still alive in his truck at the bottom of this embankment thinking I need to get my plan done. And sure enough, a phone call happened and a planning session happened and the man did eventually get his estate plan finished. Um, So these things can be frustrating at times, we understand that. Um, we had a donor that we worked with here at Barnabas foundation for probably close to three decades before he actually finally got his plan signed and executed. And 18 months later, he had, him and his wife had passed away. And it was a large estate and and we're thankful we were able to help shepherd him along, but it was a better part of three decades. We worked with right. that particular gentleman. So, I understand rich it's frustrating but you have to keep kind of going back to it and constantly bringing the conversation mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. uh we had a question coming yesterday too from from uh, rick and th- rick i i thank you for this question as well because this is uh one that does come up from time to time um it kind of goes to a bit what ann was asking too about how do we handle situations whereby you have someone perhaps that needs assistance but isn't an active doesn't have a ton of charitable intent in their plan mm. And what we're really probably getting to is, is really uh, families with limited means and or younger families. Sure. And so to address that, we actually have something coming up this fall that we're planning. And um, so Rick, I hope you're listening. We're planning a first wheel workshop that we're going to do in an online kind of zoom session like this, which will also be recorded. We hope to then blend that recording into something that could be perhaps a, a user individual user type of thing with a guidebook But the goal there was that we used to do first wheel workshops in person, and they just did not become cost effective for us to continue to do. Um, But we see this as a great tool by using an online environment like Zoom, which we are all now entirely familiar with thanks to COVID, as a way to perhaps do this once or twice a year where you're able to invite supporters that perhaps would be best served in a first wheel workshop setting. And we'll be able to take them through a 90-minute style session, like a regular planning meeting, guiding them through these questions that they're they should be considering and thinking about. Using our worksheet to kind of get themselves organized sure. and importing them to resources that will be ultimately able to help them. So, Rick, keep an eye out for that, and um, hopefully that I'll be able to help your supporters that you have there. Um, another question just came in from Dan. Staff member asked for information on developing a will. I have okay, no current will. It's a summary of the processes you're describing in the member center that I can provide. Um, Linnell, I'll ask if you can just send me back a quick response on what resources we have in our member center related to that question. Um, and so Dan, hold your, hold on for just a minute while we gather that and we're going to continue on with our kind of to- final, final topics of this morning. Um, so we meet with a supporter. Mm-hmm. We have the planning meeting. We give them the blueprint. Hopefully, we continue a process with them over time to encourage them. That, and that runs like eighteen months or so, does it? To keep encouraging them to actually get to a completion point, and hopefully, they've completed it.
0: Yeah, we've once you once your supporter receives their 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 blueprint, we mailed it to them. We'll do a we'll do our best, somewhat timely. You're right about roughly about eighteen months. Sometimes it stretches a little longer. Sometimes it's much shorter. Uh, within fourteen days of them receiving their blueprint, we're going to do our best to reach out to them. Uh, from that point on. Uh, then the next four months, every thirty days, once mm-hmm. a month, we're gonna we're gonna do our best to uh, attempt to connect with them and just encourage them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they have a lasting question that they're they're hung up on that is they, they need an answer to, and it's keeping them from that next step of meeting with their attorney. We want to make sure that we offer our, our our assistance here at Barnabas to help them with that. So if they need to speak with their with the planner that they met with again, we're happy to get that scheduled for them to help them with that but we just want to encourage them all the way through uh to get uh to a meeting with an attorney to get their 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 plans uh documented and in place mm-hmm. for sure.
1: So after they get it done and they notify us that the plans completed our our involvement with that donor doesn't stop there, right? We kind of continue to maintain a level of relationship with them.
0: So strictly eye level and it, and it is um we can tell you that it's it's roughly every 3-4 years we know that life transitions continue we know that major life events happen they will continue to happen um maybe roughly every five or seven years or so so we we do our best we just try to we just reach out to them um and it's and it's strictly just um just to see how they're doing just to see if there's anything that we could be helping them with uh knowing that they've they've worked with us in the past they can recall that sometimes they're most often nope we're Mm -hmm. good but sometimes we can you know we they'd like another meeting just to talk over because I've had this happen in my life or simple questions like that. So we do our best just to uh, catch back up with them every so often, for sure.
1: And that's really is a key and important part of this whole process, as I've seen in my 16 years here at Barnabas Foundation, that, you know, your estate plan is not a one-time thing. It needs to, it needs to morph and change over time as your family situation changes. You know, if you write a will or trust when you're in your 40s. By the time you're in your 60s, some drastic things have happened. Your kids should
0: look look a lot different. It should look a lot different. As
1: well as from 60 to 80s, it probably looks a lot different. And so our hope there is that we can stay engaged with your supporter in those moments of life when it's necessary to do that next plan, to make that change. So we can keep that stewardship conversation on the table um, so that they're constantly thinking about that. We've seen circumstances in the past where perhaps people have just gone direct to a local attorney um or they have you know uh, whatever they've gone to third parties and all of a sudden their intentions um that they originally had suddenly get mitigated or minimized or in some cases completely taken out in terms of their charitable intentions and so we'd rather be able to have that Uh, conversation continues there with the donors as they go through these life events. Um, Dan, your question about um, that process, there is in our member guide, um, we have a page that kind of talks a bit about what that estate planning process looks like. There's also another great piece that we were just talking about yesterday on the member team um, about people in your plan. And so sometimes people get confused or, or need to understand just who it is that's going to be involved with your estate planning process from your personal representative to powers of attorney and so forth. So those two documents, I think, would be quite helpful to your, uh, your team member there at the school. Um, a quick encouragement to all of you that are watching, I say this all the time, if you have not gone through a planning process with one of our estate planners, I would encourage you to do so, regardless of where your estate plan is at or how big or small you think your estate is. The reason I say that is it gives you first person credibility with exactly what goes on in those conversations. So if you're encouraging a donor to think about talking with one of our planners, you can actually say, well, this was my experience with them. They helped us with X, Y, or Z, whatever it might be in our play, uh, plan and where we were getting stuck and not able to move forward with our estate plan. So all of you, as in members uh, of the organizations that we serve, are eligible to meet with one of our, our, our planning team, and as well as any member of the organizations around. Um, Oh, Linnell, great point too. Um, Dan, I would reference back to as well um, that what happens in a planning meeting session in the Zoom, uh, uh, not the Zoom recording of that session that we did a while back. You'll find that in the member center under videos. I think it's on the second page. If you're paging through, there's three pages of stuff there Um, and it's on the second page and it's that session we did in what happens in a planner's meeting. Um, Another great resource for folks to go back to in terms of understanding exactly what's going on in these meetings. Um, Steve, thanks for taking us through that kind of uh, the the referral process today, kind of enlightening folks. And what happens is a common question we get from our members all the time. So what's going to happen with these donors when I send them your way? Um, And so we always encourage you folks to to reach out and ask questions or help us to address any particular concerns that you might have. We understand that these supporters are um, uh, they're cherished by you this is by far probably one of the number one assets that our members have is the supporters that you've acquired over the years and we understand that's a very sacred space for us to step into and so we want to make sure that you're entirely comfortable with referring one of your folks over to us to engage with your supporters on these types of conversations Um, quick couple final remarks here our next member live event will be next month on may 17th this is a client live event Um, there is marketing materials in the second quarter um, marketing, plan gift marketing release. Um, it is from hassle to opportunity, giving real estate to ministry. And Steve Baker, one of our planning attorneys will be on that call, call or the Zoom session with me. Um, we would encourage you to be inviting your donors, your real estate owners um, that you're that you have in your uh, portfolio to attend that session. And so there is marketing materials available through the second quarter release. We'd encourage you to send those out via hard copy or in email form or whatever you might use, or even a phone call, personal phone call and invite to join for that particular session. Again, it's open to all of you as well, as well as your supporters. Um, If you haven't noticed, we've launched a new website, BarnabasFoundation.org. First time in our life, we've actually had the .org website. There was another ministry that had it for quite a few years, and they seem to have closed up shop. So we now have access to that. Um, And with that new website, there is a new member center. If you have not logged into it, you will need to reset your password when you log in. Um, And if you have any troubles with that whatsoever, feel free to reach out to Linnell Dykstra. Um, Some other events I want to make sure I mention to you, May 4th, we are doing a membership tour. So for those of you that are new to working with us, or perhaps just like a refresher, um, we'll do these a couple times a year where we're just going to walk you through kind of all the benefits of being a member of Barnabas Foundation the services we provide across the entire spectrum of the organization. Um, and that one will be on May 4th, and we have a bunch of registrants for that as well. Um, later this year, we have our proven strategies conference coming up on September 12th to the 14th. Um, you can find the registration link for that in the Barnabas Foundation Member Center in the events section. Um, so we would encourage you to register for that. This is the first time we're going to open up our membership, our proven strategies conference to non-members for the second and third day. Um, But we are limited to capacity at 200 people. So if you are a member and you want to attend, we would encourage you to register early and make sure you reserve your spot. Um, But we're looking forward to having both our members and non-members attend. The first day of the conference will still be reserved for just our members. Um, We'll be doing a series of sessions that day, a couple of all-day intensives on different topics. You'll see more information on that in the member center um, uh, and the events page. Um, for that event. And we will have Joe Castillo joining us that evening for dinner. Um, if you have not seen Joe Castillo before in America's Got Talent, um, he's in a wonderful, wonderful sand artist um, who does a pretty incredible, some pretty incredible stuff. And um, I saw him once perform essentially this entire story of the Bible through sand art. It was absolutely fascinating. So we'd encourage you to make sure you register and come for dinner that evening. Um, and as I mentioned in the member center, any new events that we have besides seeing them posted in monthly update or other email announcements, you can always find information about our events, uh, in the member center under events. And of course, recordings of every one of our prior, um, uh, training sessions that we've done are available in the video section as well. So with that, Steve, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank Thank all of you for joining us as well. We hope you found this today's session informative. And as always, it is an honor and privilege to work with you in this kingdom service. Be blessed. Have a great day.
0: Thank you for listening. This has been a members-only broadcast brought to you by Barnabas Foundation. Learn more about the variety of resources, tools, and training available to you by logging into the Member Center at www.barnabasfoundation.org.